everybody. You are listening to Limited Playtime, the board game podcast, where we bring you board game reviews in 30 minutes or less. Where the next episode is free. I'm Kyle Bolin. And I'm Jason Cavallari. And today, on our 95th episode of Limited Playtime, the podcast about board games, we are going to talk to you about the one of the most hyped games of 20... 2019 tapestry the what yeah no i've we've been listening to a lot of i've we've been watching a lot of rick and morty and i'm starting to get infected with morty's like stammering and and oh geez like that's just been coming out a lot lately tapestry is designed by Jamie Stegmeyer. The art is by Andrew Bosley and Rom Brown and is published by Jamie Stegmeyer's company, Stonemeyer Games. We've talked about them a couple of times before because we've talked about their games Wingspan and Scythe, correct? Uh, yes. Have there been any other Stonemeyer games we've talked about? No. No. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, so what kind of game is Tapestry, Jason? Um, so Tapestry is, well, I mean, it's sort of billed as a, um, <laughs> they as say, like a civilization builder, yeah, I guess. That's how the, that, that was the, uh, that was the elevator pitch, was this is a, this is a civilization building game that you can play in under two hours. That's the elevator pitch for Tapestry the game. Right, yeah. Um, I don't think it's actually that civilization buildy <laughs> it's certainly not it's certainly not the same sort of civ game that you would imagine if you were playing like the board game version of civilization right right yeah which is technically the original version of civilization before it was adapted into a computer game uh but anyway mm-hmm. yeah it's um i don't know i i think it's probably more accurately an engine builder yeah. Although that can be a little difficult as well. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's uh, so you uh, every player gets like a they get a civilization and this each civilization comes with its own set of uh like pluses and minuses and what have you. It's mostly um, just pluses, right? I mean, like it's pretty much just like these are your special abilities. Use them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Um, so there's that. And then you, there's these like four tracks. Um, this is basically the four tracks are essentially 95% of this game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so what you do is you have to move up these tracks and every time you reach like a certain threshold, you get, um, like you get something like there's an, either an action you can take or you get to draw a card. Well, that's, that's every step of the way, essentially. Like, let's describe the tracks, right? Each, there's basically like four tracks. One is on, there's, there's one track on each side of the board and everybody has a, a little pip, you know, like a little player representation cube on each one of those tracks. It starts at the zero spot. And as you play the game you spend resources to move up each of these tracks and each track represents a certain sort of like endeavor with human civilization so like exploration uh like sort of conquering lands and and spreading yourself out uh science and uh it's it's not the same as science they also have inventions right like like Mm. inventing things like I, I I struggle with the fact that those two tracks are not the same track but there's science and then there's like inventions essentially 
And, you know, what Jason is saying, like, every time you take one step up that track, when you stop, it is, there's like a, a certain, there's a couple, like one or two or three sort of like sim, symbols there. There's a lot of symbology in this game, uh, essentially telling you what the benefits of going up to that spot on that track are. And you're going to then immediately get those benefits and choose how to use them potentially if there's some choices to be made, which sometimes there are, sometimes there aren't. Um, so like you might move up the invention track and get an invention. You take a look over at the three cards that are facing up near the invention pile, choose one. It then goes into your civilization, but it does nothing until you advance it later in the game. Right. Uh, that's just one example. Like, other things might be, like, getting resources or getting out um, one of four types of buildings that provide additional resources during your income turns during this game, mm -hmm. uh, which is sort of the engine-building part of it, is, like, getting those things out, which then provide you with more resources the further end of the game that you get. Um, and basically, you're just going up these tracks, hoping to increase your engine building, provide other sort of benefits to your civilization, so that in the end you have more points than all the other civilizations. Right. So on top of that bit, there's also this like um uh there's like a a a little player board that you have in front of you um that's not so it's not there's the big board and then there's like a little player board that has like a different type of terrain on it. And you're also building up, like, that terrain with, uh, like, different buildings and what have you um, that give you certain benefits. Um, and in addition to any benefits that they have, um, there's also the fact that um, you score points for filling up rows and squares um, and, uh, and in certain patterns, if I remember right. <laughs> well, you say they give you a benefit, but I mean, like... The buildings that are on that board, unless you're thinking about the income buildings as the buildings themselves giving you the resources that you get during an income phase, mm -hmm. other than that, there's no benefit to any of the buildings. I mean, this is one of the major criticisms of the game, is that every civilization has four types of buildings on an income track that as they move them out, as they move them from the income board to this, like, capital city board or whatever it's called, but the, the thing with the terrain that Jason's talking about, uh, like those provide income during income turns, which you take like five of them basically in the entire game. Uh, and only four of them is income even relevant. It's the first four. Uh, right. But the, the thing is, is there's these other types of buildings that you can get in this game by like getting to certain spaces before other people on the four tracks on the main board or by doing certain other things like certain, taking certain technologies will uh, give you certain special buildings. And they have these like, you know, very bespoke, painted, big, chunky buildings that go on this this grid that represents your, your, your home city or whatever. And you're basically playing a game of Tetris with all these buildings to try to fill up rows and columns and, you know, individual squares. It kind of looks like... um. Uh, a Sudoku puzzle, the way that it's set up. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, so it's like playing Tetris on a Sudoku board. Uh, but the individual buildings themselves have no special benefit. So, like, if you get, like, you know, the tank factory building, it doesn't provide you with any additional, like, ability to conquer new lands or, or you know, like, take out your opponents or anything like that. It just takes up, you know, like, four or six spaces or whatever on the Sudoku board. And mm -hmm. that's the benefit that it provides. That's it. All of them just take up space, and that is the benefit they provide on that board. There's no, like, additional, you know, like, like powers or abilities or perks or anything like that that come from having those buildings. Right, yeah. Um, but they look dang pretty. Yes, they do. <laughs> they look amazing. And they're fun to touch. Like they, they're really big and chunky and yeah, they're, they're great pieces. Yeah. 
Um, the other, uh, uh, there's, I think there's one other like major part of this and that's the tapestry cards themselves. Yeah. Um, so, and I forget exactly how this works cause I only played it once, but so, so the game is sort of asynchronous, uh, it's sort of a theme lately. And like, whenever you choose to like proceed to the next era or whatever, you can play a tapestry card on your, um, on your player sheet there. Um, and, uh, it's, they... it's part of the income round that you take the income turn. Yeah. Um, and the tapestry cards like do like tons and tons of different things. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they're wildly like variant in nature. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't even think of a theme for, to it's, it's they're just, just like, so different. It, it's just, it's just like these, they're the car. It's the deck that sort of provides one more thing to your civilization to differentiate it from all the other civilizations. So like, it might be like this round, all of anytime you play a science card or you, you get an invention, you get like points or something like that. It could be something yeah. like that. It could be like this round, you immediately score this many resources, right? Or you, you get this many resources. Mm-hmm. It, it could be, and it can be like all kinds of crazy. Th- like I had one in a solo game recently that was like, uh, up to three, uh, land areas that you have been toppled in which means that somebody else has come in and conquered you there you may stand your buildings back up and lay theirs down meaning that now you've reversed the the situation within those hexes so now oh, i'm the conqueror nice. and you're the conquered basically yeah. like that was one that i got in a, in a solo game recently yeah, they, i think they're, one they're... of them that i got was like advance every track one step yeah yeah actually i pulled that one on on a solo game recently and yeah, yeah i mean they're 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 all over the place and they range from you know like not useful at all given the situation you're in to like incredibly powerful and useful and in and, and maybe even game swinging at times it seems like yeah 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 so i mean in terms of like mechanics and the different parts of the game i think that's basically it um yeah i mean you're basically yeah. you're, you're trying to increase the the engine for getting resources and future income turns you're then trying to spend those resources to move up these variant tracks to either Im- increase the engine further or get new tapestry cards or mm-hmm. invention cards mm-hmm. that you can play mm-hmm. find ways to score there's like certain uh spaces on the tracks that allow you to just score points based on certain conditions that you're meeting um like you score a point for every uh like you know, house you've got out or whatever, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, also, you know, filling up that board uh, helps with both point scoring and resource generation as well. And uh, yeah, and oh, well, and then there's like you know the main board also has like land out there that like a hex- hexagonal oh, yeah, land pieces that, right? that um that's part of the exploration and the conquering. Uh, tracks is that when you explore on the exploration track you get to like lay out hexagons and you score points based on how many sides of that hexagon sort of match surrounding terrain and then they also come with like a bonus that's printed on the actual actual hexagonal tile which could be a resource or you know get an invention or you know advance an invention it can be all over the place um right yeah. like you know get it get an income house or whatever uh and so you're doing that and then you're also sort of like you know conquering those lands with the conquering track in order to try to like have more control of the board which also gets considered with like scoring and stuff like that during mm-hmm. income rounds and you know on certain tracks things like that and right. that's essentially yeah. in a nutshell i guess as nutshelly as it can be the game <laughs> tapestry yeah. uh and, and all the rest of it is just basically like is it fun how does it play um and i guess like you know we kind of alluded to the fact that the game is beautiful and has like you know top shelf components so yeah so um i i'll start off by saying like opinion wise here that um i realized that this game is sort of your mileage may vary <laughs> in the t- in terms of like how much fun you're going to have with it because of the way that the game can swing 
um pretty pretty drastically in in certain directions based on the cards uh the the card the randomness of the cards and the civilizations and stuff that you get yeah um, on the but, other hand i thought it was really fun <laughs> yeah yeah so that's the thing like like i think what you're saying is like if if winning is one of these things that's critical to you as a player and having a very fair game, a very fair shot at winning is one of the things that's very critical to you as a board game player to have fun, then this, this game will probably game. fail you at some point, yeah. right? Yeah. And this this game is probably going to frustrate you at some point. But if you're the type of game gamer, board game player, who likes to sit down and enjoy a, a pretty game with fun mechanics – and the fact that it's not perfectly balanced or, you know, like gives everybody at the table the exact same fair shot at winning. If that doesn't bother you and you still enjoy a game that has fun mechanics despite those flaws, mm -hmm. then you might very much enjoy this game. Like this might yeah. be a game that you enjoy quite a bit. I think my, my major problem with it in this particular, like I, I ordinarily, I don't really have a problem with like games that can just sort of randomly make a person a winner um, as long as it's not masquerading as something else, mm -hmm. um, which I think is the problem that I have with Tapestry. Now that's that it's sort of a minor problem. Like, like I said, I still had a fun time playing the game. Yeah. Uh, but I think the fact that it sort of is masquerading or presenting itself as a more strategic, you know, critical analytical kind of game when you could do all that in the world. And then some of the random elements of the game just sort of make that moot. I think that's the issue that I have with it. I don't think that it makes it moot. I, I think what happens is like you're still going to succeed at using the the tools that the game gives you randomly uh, as well as you can. And that can be fun and satisfying, but you still might lose because somebody else got a civilization that just happens to be like a little bit easier to use or more powerful. Or they got a combination of like, you know, tapestry cards that were like incredibly well suited for their particular uh, race, faction, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and just really good um, tapestry cards, right? Like, like those things may affect the outcome of the game but not necessarily the path to getting there in terms of your fun and and whether or not you felt satisfied with how your particular mechanics worked right mm -hmm. um i i feel like that's kind of the thing with this game is that <clears throat> it, it does sort of like purport to be uh a civilization building game which typically those start and and all play by similar rules um you know where they're typically supposed to be well-balanced games and this game is not we can't say it's well balanced right that's the one right. thing that we can't say yeah. uh it, it was f extremely obvious in the the first game that i've played the one that i played with you and dave that uh certain tapestry cards and civilizations were just way more useful than others right yeah you know like like had way more flexibility uh you know like way more of an ability to progress you to you know like the up the tracks and everything faster than the other races or, or factions or whatever mm -hmm. um Whereas, like, you know, I had, like, the science people and, like, I had, like, a one-trick pony thing where when you guys were looking at it, you're like, wow, that's a really great combo that you're doing over there. That's, like, you know, all working in this really amazing, you know, like, point-building engine sort of way. And I'm like, yeah, that's true, but I'm still losing. And that's because that's the only thing this these people can do, right? That's mm -hmm. the only thing that I can really benefit from. Uh, whereas, like, certain other certain other situations out there with the tapestry cards and, and, and the, the, the factions or whatever, like have a little bit more flexibility and, and, and everything. Anyway, 
I had a good time playing this game when we were in Boston. I came away from it saying, like, I see why people have been critical of it. I see why people have complained about the balance issues. But I also had a fun time losing this game. And I think I made the comment to you while I was out there that I think that's a good way for me to determine whether or not I think a game is good or fun. Is if if I still have – yeah, if I'm still having a good time when I'm losing it. And I did have a good time losing this game, um, which I think is quite telling because there were other games that, like, you know, losing just felt like a drag while we were out there. And, and, you know, like it was kind of like – boring you know um Mm -hmm. like like boring frustrating somewhere in between you know like a combination of those things that's not the case with this game it was still really fun for me to figure out exactly how to use those those that faction those people that i was playing with in the most effective way and to succeed at that and i felt like i was succeeding at playing them well Mm -hmm. but i still lost in the end you know yeah i mean i i think part of my enjoyment of it from that time we played was um the fact that I like, I basically like crushed you all. <laughs> yeah. And at the same time realized that it had nothing to do with my particular level of skill. Yeah. <laughs> it had to do with the extremely beneficial nature of the stuff that I was given. Uh huh. Um, so I sort of wrestle with that. Like, would I find this fun if, you know, it didn't go so well for me? Um, like, ordinarily, I don't generally care if I lose a game as long as I you know don't feel like as long as i feel like it was at least in some way competitive yeah um so i think if i were to experience what you experienced um i probably might not have enjoyed it as much because and i don't know how you felt but i i watching what was happening i feel like i would have felt that the game isn't even competitive Mm -hmm. like i just had no chance yeah, I, I, I think, like, I'm thinking about it more the way that I felt about Everdell, which is that, like, I was really just focused on myself for most of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I would look over and I'd be like, oh, wow, you guys are really cruising ahead. I have no chance of winning. But then I was still just looking at what I had, what my choices were, and I was more invested in that than mm-hmm. I was, like, you know, the the race out there on the point right. score track. And I mean, part of that might be the fact also that, like, there's – I don't think there's ever really a turn where – it's sort of like a wasted turn. Like you, you can't, there's like nothing to do. That's at least in some way beneficial to you. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, you know, every time you go anywhere up a track, you're getting some benefit. You're getting something, yeah. And it's all where the strategy in this game lies is all just about min maxing, you know, how to, how to do that in what order, in order to maximize the points that you're going to get based on your civilization. And, you know, maybe the tapestry cards you got out, mm-hmm. um, you know, possibly even like your technology cards, because a lot of those will score points based on like, you know, how many houses you've got out or, or whatever, right? Like, like right, certain yeah. numbers of things that you have, like they'll score when, when they, when they advance. So mm-hmm. like, those are all the sort of decisions that you're making. So there is some strategy here, but I think that that all gets subverted by the wild differences between the, the, the the civilizations you know and the tapestry cards and everything right um the thing that so the thing that i find the most frustrating about this and it's not a huge deal honestly because i think the game is fine for what it is and it's a fun game to play but the 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 billing of this as a civilization game is the most frustrating thing because i guess you could call it that because like thematically that's what it is but like I, I guess the one thing that bothers me the most about that is the way technology works in this game, <laughs> which is like you get a technology. It has no immediate benefit. Eventually, you advance that technology and you get a reward. You get a reward. 
and then you advance right. it one more time and you get a second reward. And then that's it. That's it. Like right, there's no yeah. like there's no like persistent benefit to having a technology. Like I have radios now. Like that should mean something like as far as like my yeah, ability to like, you know, uh move around on the board or something, right? Yeah. There should I mean, be some not persistent... even like a tech tree. There's it's just yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's just like it's just these cards that they call tech cards. You know, they they put some sort of technology on them, like penicillin or you know, like tanks or something like that. Uh, but all they do is give you a one-time benefit every time you advance them, which you can only do two times per technology. And you know, other than that, they act in no way like technology acts in any other civilization game, <laughs> or like like how you imagine technology working, right? Like like that should be part of the engine in this game. That should be part of something else in this game. Is persistent benefits from technology and, and it's just not there mm-hmm. um, and that's the one thing that bothered me the most about this game is just the way that technology works other than that it's like sort of a lie that it's like a civilization builder uh, I'd say like half a lie right and other than that like it's imbalanced but other than that it's fun. Like, I enjoy playing it. Like, it's got a good solitaire deck in it. They've got another Automa deck in there. Um, I've played with it a couple times now, and I've had a good time with it. Hmm. You know, it, it runs easier to me than, like, say, the, uh, um, oh, shoot, why am I blanking on the name now of the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the Terra Mystica follow-up game, Gaia Project. Oh, uh, the Gaia, the Ga- Project. Gaia Project has a, an Automa deck designed by the same people, and uh, I, I find it way more... Uh, I struggle with that one more, uh, running it. It's just, like, way more uh, complex and, and confusing. This one is is not. It, it works really, really well. So it's a good solitaire game. Um, I think I actually kind of... I enjoy playing it multiplayer, too, but, you know, playing it solitaire, you don't feel like... It doesn't feel like the... Um, it eliminates that issue of feeling like the game is unfair, you know, like it's misbalanced yeah. because yeah. the the Automa doesn't have a civilization that misbalances its misbalances the game. Mm-hmm. You're basically just playing against like you know some decisions that it's making, and it has a uh, like a, a technology that it prefers going up, basically. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I liked that, and, and you know, like the game is gorgeous. It's uh, a joy yeah, to interact is. with, just the way Wingspan is. Um, the the pieces are amazing. I don't have any big complaints. Like I enjoy playing it. It's just right. kind of it's a shame that not, not <laughs> it's just a shame that not everybody's going to be able to enjoy it because some people and and, and this isn't anything. This is not a, a problem. You know, like people are are. It's fair to feel this way that they're not going to be able to enjoy it because they they're not going to be able to enjoy an, an imbalanced unfair game. Right? right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a very valid way to feel. I think when it comes to games. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, if that's if you know that about yourself as a gamer, I, I'm right. fairly certain that you are not going to enjoy this game. Yeah, eventually, right? You might, like, have a couple games where you don't see it at first, um, yeah. but eventually you're going to reach one of those games where it's wildly imbalanced, and you're going to be like, oh, wow, I never had a shot there, or you never had a shot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're going to see it. Eventually, that's going to show. So Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so... so- Worth, worth a play, definitely, if you're the kind of person that likes, you know, like a fun, lighter, medium weight, like engine builder type game with like lots of, you know, decent choices to make and you, you were a, a, uh, a component slut like we are, then <laughs> you might enjoy this game. Uh, go check it out. <laughs> Jason, if people would like to get a hold of us and let us know what kind of board game related slut they are, how would they do so? <laughs> Okay, well, to uh, admit all your nasty board game deeds, uh, you can email us. It's podcast at limitedplaytime.com. You can go to the website, limitedplaytime.com. You can tweet us at limitedplaytime or go to Instagram at limitedplaytimepodcast. Rulebook whore. Um, 
<laughs> Next week, we are going to be talking about one of my favorite games of 2019, Street Masters from Blacklist <laughs> Games. Uh, so look forward to an awesome Street Fighter-esque brawl. We have that in store for you in one week. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening, everybody. Later. Bye. Bye.